Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Millennial Teacher Podcast. My name is Shakira Langley, and we're talking about all things education through the eyes of young millennial teachers. And today, it was really heavy on my heart that I talk about being black in education. And I'll tell you guys a little quick story that... um, that's always sticking with me every time that I walk into my classroom or I have a moment where I look at my students who are of color and it reminds me of how strong of an educator I have to be. So growing up, I went to a predominantly white high school and a lot of the teachers did not look like me. There were a very few black students in each classroom. And to be honest, I always felt intimidated. Um, There wasn't a lot of representation in the classrooms. And, you know, we learned our history of what was in the textbooks. We didn't learn, you know, the nitty gritty, the stuff that they cover, the stuff that they don't want us to know. And, you know, things like that can leave you to be very ignorant in this world. And when I got into teaching, I lived in D.C. and majority of my class was African-American. Actually, 100% of this class this particular year was 100% African-American. And I was at a small group table and one of my students was like, Miss Langley, we're the same. And I was like, what do you mean we're the same? And she was like, we're both brown. And in that moment, it was just like, okay, my representation really matters. And it kind of like took me on a whim because it was like, I have never had that experience growing up and being so young and to say, you know, my teacher looks like me. And even, even though my teacher didn't look like me, it was never presented to me like in the textbooks and posters and things around the classroom. And when she said that for me as an educator, it was like, you know, every time I walk into this building, how I present myself, what I say, um, what I teach, not only instruction, but the things of this world, that all matters. And it's coming from my mouth as a black educator. And this five-year-old little girl is looking at me and there's so much just from the color of my skin that has an impact on her. And so when she said that, it was like, that day I was like, you know, kind of down. I wasn't giving my all. But when she said that, it was like a spark lit in me. And I was like, I cannot walk into this classroom anymore for the rest of this school year lacking because everything that I do is a representation of her, is a representation of my history, is a representation of me as a black woman. And it's a representation of how this child may go out into the world. So if I lack one day on teaching, or if I lack one day of just giving her the basics and not helping her inside and outside the classroom, then I have failed her as a teacher. And I really needed that at that moment. And I thank God that she said that because It's just so important to be that figure and that role model for your students. And like I said, growing up, I did not see a lot of black educators. I did not ever have a moment where I told my teacher, we're the same. And that gave me chills. Like for a little girl to say, we're the same, I have so much influence on her. And I say all that to say, like, we need teachers to be a very present, strong force in our black and brown students, students of color and students who are not of color. We need to teach them the history that most textbooks don't want us to know. People don't want us to learn about. And, it, and we do it and we do it out of love and we do it out of we don't want you to go into this world ignorant. You know, we talk about the Martin Luther Kings and Malcolm X's, but we also have to talk about 
the George Floyds, the Trayvon Martins. We have to go back and talk about the Emmett Tills. We have to tell them that their skin is deeply rooted in a history, in a history that has been going on for 400 plus years, um, that we're living in a world where we still have to fight, we still have to protest, that the color of your skin is an automatic stereotype, that in this world you have to be knowledgeable about the things from the past, the things that are going on in the present, and how we can be better going on in the future. And it may be uncomfortable to talk about. Um, it's going to shake a lot of tables. It's going to cause a lot of confusion. But as an educator, we have to talk about it or else we are setting up our students and our future for failure. And so today we're going to really be talking about that. So today we have joining us Miss Patricia Beebe. Her platform on Instagram is Learning in Hughes, and she specializes in combating anti-racism, social justice, cultivating the whole child, and really promoting a positive platform for educators of all backgrounds to come together and educate themselves. So on your page because I saw your quote go viral, especially in the times that we're living in, and it says, you cannot teach black children and be silent about the injustices against them. Do you want to go in further depth with that? Yes, I would love to. So um, when I created Learning Hughes on Instagram, that's what I kind of wanted it to be about, a platform where I could speak out about things I was noticing, the discrepancies of inequality in education, but I was always quite kind of afraid to speak about it because I didn't want any backlash. Um, right. I didn't want anybody commenting or calling racist or too black. But when all of this injustice, you know, came to, you know, the top right now in our nation, I just, that was the first quote that I thought of because I started re realizing all the anger and rage I used to feel every day when I walked into a school or to a PLC, um, which is a meeting that teachers come into plan, where mm -hmm. I would try to promote um, uh, diversity in our texts, in our curriculum. And I would often get the silence or the right. office or the um, academic language of saying no. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So I remember that, you know, only 7% of educators in America are Black. So that means almost 90% are non-Black and most likely are white. And even if they're um, anti-racist, they don't have the tools or the resources or the knowledge to empower our students. And the ones who are um, amplifying, whether overtly or covertly, um, racist techniques, strategies, qualities, or just personalities, um, they are teaching our students. Majority right. of our students have to go through, unfortunately, what we're saying now, a caring type of, you know, mm. whether whether she say, he or she is saying it out loud or in the way, she, way he or she teaches, it's there. Majority of us will have that type of teacher. Um, so I just felt like, how can we sit here and be in education and know that this is a big problem and then hug our Black students, love when our Black students teach them and not fight against injustices they have to face every single day. Because whether George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Trevor Martin died today, yesterday, this is happening all the time. It's exactly our kids go through it all the time. I just feel like that needed to be said, heard, felt, and then um, done something about. 
Right. And I agree with you. Like um, you say, you didn't want the backlash. You didn't want people to think that you were racist, but you know, it's something that needs to be said. And as black teachers, you know, most of the schools that we work in, there are predominantly white teachers and it's important for them to get uncomfortable. So I feel like this quote, like kind of shakes people up. Like if you are going to teach our kids, you have to be willing to dig deeper into our history to not just give us, you know, the basics, the MLK, the Malcolm X, which are very, very important. However, like we have to tell them the nitty gritty, like we have to tell them the police brutality. We have to show self-representation in our classroom and we have to make our counterparts have a shift in the way they present our history to our kids. Exactly. And then when I think about this quote and um, there's like a popular meme that's going around where it kind of shows all the names of the many black people who have died recently in the past five years. And when I saw those names, all I had to do was close my eyes, replace my children's name, my students' names. Mm. And that immediately told me why I have to speak up, why I have right. to act now, why I can't be afraid of the backlash. Because all of those people were all once a student of someone. Exactly. And in a sense, if we don't speak about it, then we are like setting the tone for our students to have the next hashtag a few years from now. And it might not even be years. It could be months, depending on what grade level you teach. So we just have to be very intentional on what we teach and to not cover our history. Because, of course, a lot of the things that black people face, they're not in our textbooks. They're not going to be highlighted. And people like to brush it under the rug because it's so uncomfortable. But this day and age, we can't give our students the basics like um you have freedom you can have a voice but we also have to tell them like your skin color is a threat and for other races who are teaching black kids you have to be willing to say that and feel uncomfortable saying it yes you have to own your racism own it and then change it right and and not trying to say that all teachers of different backgrounds are racist or they don't speak up for their kids, but it's just a point point of like you need to do the research, you need to have knowledge on how you can educate these kids because being a teacher is not just teaching them standards and then passing them on to the next grade level. But when you have students in your classroom, you cultivate a culture, you cultivate relationships, and you can make it uncomfortable and comfortable for them. So we're not just teaching them their ABCs, one, two, threes, or getting them to the next grade level. Like we're teaching them their history and we're teaching them how to go out and be citizens in this world and what might face them and what not and how to prepare for it. Exactly. And like I said, they're more than pupils, they're souls. That uplifting, empowering, and speaking life over them. And just like you said, we can't just teach them the core academics. If we're not activating their mind, giving them the power to go against adversities, to go against social injustices, no matter what color or culture they are, then we're not doing enough. Right. And I just feel like it starts like it starts at the top, though, because there's not a lot of people of color in administration. There's and a lot of the times, myself included, like when um, admin sends out surveys and sends out things like what can we do as a school to, you know, have a better culture. Those are one of the things that need to be said. Like we need to talk about diversity. We need to talk about equity. We need to talk about racism. We need to talk about single stories. And I feel like a lot of the times people try to avoid it because it is uncomfortable. But as teachers, we need to like press our admin to talk about these things. Yeah. And what's more uncomfortable, your children living in racism or you just talking about it? Right. Exactly. And I just feel like, you know, um, 
our majority of the times when we have like professional development, it's like classroom based, but we're not talking about the whole child. And to be honest, a lot of the times teacher programs, they recruit teachers to go into these low economic areas and majority of the students are black. So a part of that training for me was like, okay, teach me the community that I'm serving. Teach me what fake, what tragedies, they might be facing and teach me the injustices that go along with that. That needs to be a part of building a teacher. And I don't think that is one of the skills that they quote unquote require makes a great teacher. If I make sense. Yes. I agree with you. One of the things I've, I've advocated for in my um, teaching experience is I believe professional development in diversity should be mandatory. We have to do professional development for new strategies for reading, new strategies for math, and we should be having professional development, especially for teachers who teach in low-income schools or urban schools that are more populated with black and brown students, that they should be taking development in diversity because although they might want to teach it, they might not know where to look, how to go about it. And I feel like mm -hmm. that should be something mandatory at this point because if America is a melting pot, how come our education doesn't reflect that? Mm, that's so real. That is so real. So what do you think is like the first step to getting more black educators? One of the things I feel like is definitely making sure that um, as black educators who are already in the field, kind of uh, promoting um, the benefit and the necessary need of more black educators in HBCUs, especially mm -hmm. as well as PWIs. Um, I also feel like more teachers need to be um, put on platforms on the media that promotes and sees our faces and the work that we're doing. Because we live in a media-based world where a lot of our content and um, our resources and our focuses can be promoted. And I also feel like where I said that professional development in diversity and inclusion and things such as social justice and anti-racism should be mandatory, I feel like that's an open segue for um, having more Black educators because they might not perhaps might want to teach in the classroom um, with kids or only for a moment of time, but want to maybe, how can I say, elevate more in the field of education and maybe we mm -hmm. can have more consultants of diversity within our schools and districts that are um, of color that can come and teach us teachers, teach us principals, teach us mm. districts on how to go about creating these workshops and these um, areas of development for teachers and educators across the board. Agreed, one hundred percent. That would be a not just the small, not just the one way. Like, oh, you have to become a teacher in the classroom for kids only. You can do that, but then become a diversity coach, an inclusion coach, a social justice mm. coach. Because we have reading and math coaches, writing coaches, but we don't have social justice coaches. Mm, that's so real. As well as most of our um, evaluation um, uh, for teacher evaluations, we get um, evaluated on: Are we having students engage? Are we teaching to the standard? Are all the kids present? But is that teacher catering to her students' um, culture, diversity? Why, that should be, I feel like that should be um, one of the components of your evaluation. Are you, Agreed. Are you teaching to your kids' um, needs? That's your kids, as a Black student, my need is to know about my history. My need is to be empowered. I'm not, my needs are not being met teaching me math, science, or reading only. Mm, and if that was something that's... that was mandatory, that would cause an immediate change because teachers would have to do the work. No more. Oh, choices. absolutely. 
Absolutely. And that, um, that uncomfortableness, it takes it to a whole nother level. You have no choice but to learn it, yeah. but to teach it. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because like you said, like we have all these evaluations, but how are we evaluating our students? How are we evaluating our culture? And honestly, that makes an overall good teacher. Like you have to be willing to put in every single aspect of life in, in, and embody it and then deliver it to your kids. And if we're not doing that, why do we automatically get a check off as teacher of the year or you're doing your job correctly? I'm not doing my job correctly if I'm sending my students out with just um, standards and so half the time some teachers teach children just to memorize. I'm not doing my job if I'm just checking off those two things. I'm doing my job if I can teach my students and shape their mind and their opinions and for them to go out into the world and be strong about it. Yes, I agree. Wow. So do you think um, there's a trend that you see in black educators that need to be addressed or in educators who are of a different background that you see that might be a pro and a con or something that we can all like talk about together and like fine print it? Um, For me, one trend I see for black educators, when I first began teaching in the classroom six years ago, um, I first saw that there was like a, how can I say, a 50-50 of Black educators who were kind of like pro-Black uh, education and history and uplift, uplifting of the culture and as well as of anti-racist um, resources and education. And then um, after a while, I, I would say in 2020, 2019, I feel like majority of us um, of Black educators are like, how can I say, about it. <laughs> like, we're coming to the classroom mm-hmm. with a purpose. I tell people Woke. that as a Black educator, I feel like every day I'm going to war. Mm. Because as a Black educator, you're fighting because you know more than anybody else where your kids are facing each and every day and what they could face later on because of right. the simple color of their skin. So it's not just a job for me, it's war, it's purpose, it's why, literally, why I breathe why my heart beats because I know this purpose that I, that I've been, that I've taken and that God has given me to do. So I've definitely seen that trend increase more in just a wider range and population of black educators who are about this work and about this life and making sure that we're speaking life into our students while educating them. I also feel like um, with non-black educators, there's been more of an increase as well. Who are those who are willing to Mm -hmm. do the work? I feel like we have a long way to go. Yes, we do. But I do see a also a big resistance as well to speak up in um, professional settings when we are all adults. I feel like mm-hmm. you meet non-black, non-black, non-black educators um, in a social setting or in a quiet setting when you visit their classroom one-on-one. But when you're in a meeting that counts and your principal or your admin or a district is kind of asking you your real thoughts, they're resistant to speak up when it actually matters. Absolutely. And I feel like um, it, it's on both ends, too, though, because I feel like I've heard myself included, like there'll be a topic that's presented. And, you know, because we don't want the backlash, because we don't want people to feel uncomfortable, we kind of close our mouths. But then it's like a tug and war. It's like, I know I need to say something. I know I need to speak. But do I really want this battle? And I feel like at this day and age and the way the world is going, we have to erase that. And just speak our truth because nothing is going to get fixed if all all mouths are closed. Yeah, and our silence is killing our children. Exactly. Literally. Exactly. 
And, um, you know, their life matters inside and outside the classroom. And if we're not telling them the truth, then we're not teaching them. We're just another body in front of them, teaching them the basics to move them along the system. And the system is not set up for our kids if we're going to be honest. Yes, I totally agree. And that's why I like, like, I feel like it's war because you're fighting back against a system that was not made for you. That was not made for us. Yeah. Right. Do you have any like tips to, well, tips to black educators and educators of different races, like how we should move on in this next school year, how they should deliver it, any tips like to make them, you know, like hone in on it and own it, even if it makes them uncomfortable? Um, One of the things that I can say is let your passion drive your work. Uh, Mm -hmm. Since the day that I've begun teaching, I've taught uh, black history, Hispanic heritage, heritage month and um and it's history as much as i can um native american history asian american history and the reason why i'm able to do that because people have asked me you teach this every day i said yes in all subjects um Mm -hmm. the way that i do it is understanding that every moment counts i can't waste the moment and so every single day i'm reading i'm I'm learning, I'm exposing myself to more diversity because I can't know everything. It's it's a a learning process every day. Although I'm Black, there's so many things I'm still learning about Black history that just astounds me of how much I still don't know. And as I know it, I embed it the next day. Um, For instance, uh, I recently, what's something I recently learned? Um, Okay, I'm Haitian. And I really did not know about the Haitian Revolution till probably my last year of college. And I was disgusted because how could I be of this ethnicity and I barely know. And don't know your history, right. (laughs) But it made sense Mm -hmm. that I had never seen it in a textbook. Oh, absolutely. I had never heard about it from my family because they were unable to go to school in their own country because of how poor um, uh, my country is at that moment. So once I knew about it, I immediately embedded it in my curriculum when I taught in schools. Once I knew, once I read about Sonia Sotomayor, or I read an article this morning, while I was driving to school, I embedded it in my curriculum. So your passion drives your work. So if right now you're feeling guilty, you're feeling hurt, you're feeling your rage, use all those feelings to start adding that knowledge to your head, because what is so embedded in your mind and your spirit, it automatically comes out. As I'm teaching, I'm correlating to gender inequality, to a current event that happened on the news daily. Whatever I learned today in this minute, in this second, I walk with it in the classroom. Because I'm being educated by the world and by myself. I also use it to educate my, my, um, my children and my students. So I say to educators, use... I always say a quick Google search, a quick Amazon book, <laughs> Absolutely. a quick sticky note, and embed that in what you are teaching. Now, now right. you take work and time to start doing it every day. Yeah, it does. When you naturally have that passion for it and are doing the work, it becomes a part of your lifestyle as you eat and breathe. It's a quick, Agreed. quick write. It's a quick homework assignment. And one more thing, I've had that non-black educators and other black educators have said it's difficult when you're in a district or in a school setting that is strict in the curriculum that you teach. Well, there's many loopholes, a quick write, a homework assignment, a learning center, and an edit mm-hmm. video. A project. I taught in schools where I was the only black teacher and my whole classroom was white students only. No other mm-hmm. I taught black history from the first day there all the way to the end. 
Did you ever get any backlash from the students' parents or admin? Like you said, there is loopholes, but did you ever have someone try to like fight against you? Yes and no. That's one of my biggest fears, especially when mm-hmm. I had to teach Black history to um, one of my two years where my um, most of my class was mostly Caucasian students. People tell me, how have you not really received much backlash? I teach from a place mm-hmm. of love. I condemn white students. I'm not coming to condemn white racists. I'm coming to show that from the point of love, there is hate in men's hearts. And it's up to us to use education, our resources, our spirits, and our words to show them a different way. By still right. being truthful, because I will not, um, how can I say, uh, cover up the truth but I will teach it from a love setting and from a child uh from a child perspective on what I want them to know I want my kids to know that this is wrong I want my kids to know that they have power to change it I don't want my kids to feel oh um guilt and stay in the guilt I don't want my kids to feel hatred I need to feel it but I need them to know that it to be changed and this is what your ancestors or your family or your friends have done but what will you do and when you have that as the basis and your foundation of your anti-racist, your anti-bias teaching, it will get some backlash, but barely because love dries out hate naturally. And so people who want to do backlash, the most they can do is um, indirect, uh, uh, how can I say, conversation against me. But it was kind of mm-hmm. hard because... It was all I made sure that I dotted my eyes and crossed my teeth that I always correlated with the curriculum. So when I mm-hmm. um, was evaluated on teaching social studies about Florida history and we're learning about the fort of St. Augustine, I'm also teaching them about how five miles down, there's also a black fort next to St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that anything that I'm teaching, it correlates with the standard. So I also dot my eyes and cross my T's. So there's not much you can say without revealing your own racism. Right. Because I'm doing my job, but in a sense, I'm doing extra. So yeah. So make sure you are doing your job at the day to still our profession, to still our way of life and the way we eat. But make sure that right. you can find those loopholes that are very, that are very clear and apparent as long as you can find to them and teach. Teach like you've never done before. Right. And in a sense, they can't come for you in either way. No. Because like you said, you're doing your job. You still got to eat. You still got to pay the bills. But at the same time, you're going to get this extra piece of history that's not in the textbook. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you walk out with a badge of honor and those kids leave transformed in their minds and in their spirits. For sure. Wow. Any last minute tips or statements you want to say about everything going on or, you know, how we can all be a better teacher's? In the future, I would just like to say that it's a long journey. Um, you might hear my voice and sound so empowered, or or you might feel my voice and feel like oh, I'm gonna fail at this. I can't do this. You can. Um, like I said, every moment counts. It's every day that you need to do the work. It doesn't matter what color you are. We all need to do the work and keep being better people. Um, just like I said, use your passion, use your knowledge, use your mind, use your hands, use your feet, use anything you have to do the work for our kids because if we want a better world, it needs to be all of us. We can't let race, religion, ethnicity, and gender divide us. Um, Agreed. And I would just like to say that 
if you need any resources, more information, inspiration, please help me in um, working with this cause at www.learninghues.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at learninghues underscore dot com and as well as YouTube where I promote diverse real life. Go YouTube and type in learning use and you'll find many real lives that promote all types of cultures, ethnicities, and religions for our students to get exposed to meaningful readings to uplift their soul and minds. Yes, thank you so much, Patricia. We all need to have a, some sort of representation, no matter what our race is, and we are all connected in this together. Black, white, Asian, Latino, we are all in this classroom. We are all fighting a battle, and we can do it one step at a time. So thank you so much for sharing. You guys can comment your thoughts about being Black in education or being an educator, period, under this post, and we will comment back. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Millennial Teacher Podcast.